Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of New Vita Let's Talk. Today uh, we're very grateful to be here with my boy, Mason Dingwall. Um, Mason, thank you for coming out, bro. And I guess uh, you kind of want to give us a background of like who you are and what you do for the people who don't really know you. Yeah, for sure. Thanks a lot, first of all, for having me on, guys. I've uh, been looking forward to it for a while since you guys uh, reached out to me. But uh, yeah, I'm a strength coach. I, uh, I work at uh, Capital Strength Training Systems. been there now for... I want to say five years, maybe like four and a half, five years since 2018. Um, just work with all sorts of clients from, you know, general pop. So just like the average Joe to like uh, athletes, um, varying, uh, varying levels of like, you know, amateur up to like pro and, and stuff like that. But uh, Let, let's, yeah. let's dive into that. Um, what what made you get into strength and conditioning like let's maybe talk about like i think it was maybe you playing sports yes exactly so i i was always like a big uh into sports growing up like even like in high school like sports always took precedence over academics for me yeah. <laughs> and uh um you know always wanted to be get to the next level and whether it was hockey or rugby like always trying to like reach that pinnacle of wherever i could get to um, like many athletes, you obviously don't get to that point and like you come to a realization that that's not really going to be your life at some point. But um, there's, you know, getting into phys ed, <clears throat> the phys ed program at Queens, I kind of like realized that there's another avenue for me to go to that I can kind of stay in that like world of like athletics and sport. And that was kind of joining into the strength and conditioning program uh, or the, uh, yeah, I guess that was. Yeah, strength and conditioning. Strength and conditioning program at Queens. Um, and just like really started loving that there and just like being able to train and like work with the athletes that like, you know, across all different sports, um, and kind of gave me a way to still stay like in that world that I like loved and grew up with. Um, but just like in a different light now, instead of like, you know, me being the center of attention, I'm there to try and help all these people reach their goals. And that's something that has made me happy to try to help all those people do that. Yeah. No, that's dope. And um, did you, yourself, did you have any, like, injuries or anything like that, like, throughout your athletic career? Yeah, yeah, so definitely. So I had, um, when I was in high school, I, like, I had several several injuries, but the, the major one that I had was I had, uh, like, reconstructive, like, sh shoulder surgery. So I tore pretty much all of the ligaments and, like, tore my labrum. Uh, so going through that and rehabbing that was, like, something that was important to me and, like, learning how to, you know... Um, recover and like do the rehab was something that was big but i also had several like strength coaches that i worked with um throughout the years when i was in high school um i had like ones with team trainers whenever i was playing like you know triple a hockey we had uh, those experiences and then also i worked with a personal trainer a little bit uh, on two separate occasions one when I was like 16 and then one when I was 17. So I had experiences like with strength and conditioning and like I obviously really enjoyed it. Um, and stuff that I liked and stuff that I didn't like from the coaches. And like some of those experiences are actually stuff that I, um, I've pulled information from for today when I'm coaching. Like I think back to stuff that I liked and didn't like from the coaches that I had like back in the day. Yeah. Because like a lot of the, the people that I train now are high school students, whether they're like athletes or hockey players or volleyball players. Um, but yeah, so like I, I've had like a, that kind of, um, experience, but I don't think lots of people really work with per, like with personal trainers and strength coaches in high school. They don't have like the opportunity to. So that was something that also kind of like 
got me into it and got the ball rolling kind of early on yeah and then um i know like maybe not a lot of people know this but like the strength and conditioning program at queens like you had to apply for it, right? it was a process it was something like you had to be like like what right like a resume or like what did you have to do again yeah there was i mean it's been some years now but yeah. i'm pretty sure it was like you had to write like a cover letter and a resume yeah and uh, you know i'm not really like a huge writer but uh and like i think my resume probably like looked like trash or something yeah <laughs> like i just put down like yeah i like, played high level sports like yada yada worked some camp counselor shitty job um but obviously yeah when i sent that in he obviously wasn't impressed so uh, i actually got passed over but uh, that's why i love though that the, story into the internship program and i was uh i was pretty upset about it at the time like it was something that i was really interested in doing um and like without that i was like kind of realizing like fuck like i'm kind of lost like if i don't have this like program to go into that i really wanted to do so i decided that i would actually just go and uh talk to the head strength coach personally just to kind of be like look man like i know like there was something that i didn't like maybe include or something you didn't like in my cover letter or resume but like if you just give me a chance like i promise i'll be like one of your best interns like i'll work really hard like i'm, I'm really passionate about this like field and i really want to get into it and luckily uh colin is his name he gave me a chance on it and uh yeah, like I, I worked my butt off while I was there and I really enjoyed it. And like, thankfully to him, like I would honestly wouldn't be like where I am today if he didn't like accept me into that program because I probably would have just... But like if it wasn't for your drive walk. too, right? Like a lot of people, they, yeah. they get declined and it's just like, okay, like like what now? You know what I mean? But I love the fact that I remember even talking to you during those times and like like you just did not take no for an answer. Yeah. You know what I mean? But that, that's so important though when it comes to like building like... In, Following your dreams and your heart, right? I want to ask that is like saying no to someone, especially like when you want to be where you're at. Like, what? Like, how'd that feel? Like when he said when he like said he no didn't want me. you at first, and you had to kind of like say, "This is me." Like, I yeah, need to like, be here. I was kind of like honestly, I was kind of mad. Yeah. Because I was like, man, like I know some of the other people, like not putting anybody else down, but like I, I was like, I know some of the other people that are like have applied, and I was like. I know that I would be like top candidate better than them. Or like, yeah. I don't know if that sounds like bad to say, but like, it was more just like, I knew that I really wanted to be there and that like, I was going to have to like prove to him somehow that like to like, to get me in. Like, I don't know. He honestly said he was, he told me that nobody had ever came up to him and said that before. So mm. that was part of the reason. And he was like, yeah, he's like, well, I had to do another part still. Like it wasn't even like, that wasn't even the acceptance. It was oh, like, damn. I had to do another interview after okay. that so it was like that was the initial step and i got cut before the like initial even yeah, first yeah, step. Yeah, yeah. jordan over here right? yeah, yeah. Exactly. so <laughs> i didn't even get into the interview and then so he's like okay like he's like i appreciate you coming and like you know kind of sticking your neck out and like trying you know to uh to convince me he's like i'll give you a chance at the interview yada yada and so i did well enough in the interview after that that he uh, he let me into the program. So like you like doing like um your own workouts prior to this right like strength and conditioning. Yeah. Um Once you started taking it serious and started like okay this might be my career like explain that switch on like how you approached your workouts or how you created your workouts. Well early on like when I was training like and even in like um like when I had those personal trainers like not the not the uh, strength coaches that I did with my team training, but the like the personal trainers. Uh, 
like it was a lot of like bodybuilding like type training so it was like okay like just trying to like get big and stuff like that which was obviously like was a goal of mine at the at the time like you know you're grade 11 grade 10 like scrawny kid you're trying to get huge yeah, you know? yeah. but uh like like the training back then that I did compared to like training now for like an athlete is like, is so different. Like you like back then it was just trying to do hypertrophy training and strength training, like get big. Whereas like now, like I understand that you have to incorporate so many other things. Like you have to, you know, uh, incorporate like power and like plyometric training to like ex- stay explosive, like, you know, coupled with your, your hypertrophy and your strength training, then also, you know, incorporating like training for your energy systems, depending on what sport you're playing. Like, there's so much more to working out as an athlete or training for performance than just like getting big and strong. Yeah. So that's something that I've learned like over the years, obviously, and that I implement now whenever I'm training. Um, what's athletes. a sport that you've found that you've kind of had to dedicate more time into just, um, I guess like the science of it because you have to prepare them better. Uh, when I started working with, uh, like what Rico brought up earlier is like the, when I started training the boxers, oh, it was okay. like, it was a realm of like, you know, I had never, like box before like before i was training like hockey players and like you know whatever rugby like soccer athletes at the school or like rugby athletes that's stuff that i'm comfortable with but then like when i was training the boxers i was like okay like i gotta step my shit up because like i don't really know this sport yeah extremely well like obviously you can deduce things from watching it and like you know you do in some aspect train all athletes the same way but there are certain parts you have to change like to modify further sport. Um, so that was a sport that I like had to do some additional research just to make sure that I knew that I was like what I was doing. Um, especially because when I started training those guys, it was like, I wasn't training like amateurs. It was like, I was immediately training like a pro. Oh damn. Okay. So, um, you know, I wanted to do well and it was actually my first real client, personal training client coming out of school. Was a, a professional, professional boxer. Damn. Yeah, that's pretty heavy though. Right? <laughs> and also too, it's like you're preparing this guy to go to war, right? So yeah, it's like, like well, like those guys, like they take it so seriously, right? It's not yeah. like, like, it's everything that you train an athlete, but almost more so because it's like yeah. they're there by themselves, like they don't have a team to surround them. So it's like they put every ounce of effort like into their body to like making sure it's at its utmost best before they perform. Because <clears throat> if you don't, like you're, like to a lesser extent, like your yeah. life's on the line, you yeah, know, like yeah. you're boxing, like you're kind of in there, you know, fighting yeah. to the death almost yeah, like you no, get knocked sure. out cold if you're not prepared. Right. So, um, that was something that I was like stressed training them. And like, I made sure to do some like, additional research and, and whatever. It's and, probably a tough balance. Cause I feel like a boxer, like your cardio has to be up, 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 but then your power has to be up, up, up. Yeah. So like, it's like, yeah, there's a lot of that too. And like, you also like, I mean, it depends on the fighter, right? So it's like, if some guy already has really good cardio and that's one of his strengths, then it's okay. We can focus on other things. Mm, Uh, the big thing about boxing was like working with the boxing coach in tandem to like, make sure that they're not like, like we have to pay attention to like, they're like, uh, the load on their body. So it's like, it's called load management. So it's like, you don't want to overtrain somebody like at certain parts of their camp. So it's like, you know, early on you can do lots of like strength training where they're like, they're sore afterwards. They're putting on some muscle. They're getting big. They're getting strong. And we still have the weight, right? Because yeah. Before cutting, essentially. And then right? when we get closer to like yeah. the the fight, you have to make sure that you tailor it down. Like, okay, the this is the time where they're sparring is really important. They have to feel sharp because it's such a mental thing for yeah. them. So it's like, okay, we got to make sure that they're not sore and fatigued going into their sparring sessions. Otherwise, like, 
A, they're just gonna like, they could get hurt because if they're already like so sore from their training. Um, but B, like if they go in feeling sluggish against an opponent and they don't feel sharp, then it's like a mental thing, right? It's like, yeah. okay, like, like, fuck, I'm like, I'm not feeling too well. Like fights in two weeks. Like I didn't feel too good in the sparring. Like, so there's kind of like multiple things you have to like incorporate into training those guys. And uh, you ended up going to the actual fight, right? Yeah, a couple times. <laughs> That's sick, man. Like uh, it was uh, some cool experiences. You enjoy it? Yeah, I did really enjoy it, but like I was so nervous, man. Because it's, it's your product. Don't yeah, just way, like right? the yeah. first fight, I remember. Like the first fight, I didn't go to it, but I was watching it. Uh, or no, I did go to the first fight. What am I saying? I went to the first fight, and it was over in a casino, in uh, in Montreal, oh, and. Uh, I was like sitting up, like it was like a small venue. Like the guy, his name is Devin Tomko. I think he's, he's still boxing right now. I think he's down in California. Um, and it was early on in his career. So I think he'd only had like, like maybe five or six fights. Like he was like, you know, three and one or like four and one or something like that. Mm. And he was fighting against a guy that was like way <clears throat> like, you know, the guy he was fighting was heavily favored over Devin. Yeah, season like he's, he had this. He was like an up and coming guy. Like he was good. Like, do you know where he's from? What's up? Do you know where he's from? I can't remember. I'm assuming he's. I'm pretty sure he was French because we were out in, in Montreal. Devin okay. Tomko is from. Um, he's from. I want to say Selkirk. Where's that? Manitoba. Like, no way. Okay. Yeah. So like just south. I'm pretty sure it was Selkirk, and uh, just south of like Winnipeg. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, a guy that kind of came from nothing, like whatever. And, uh, funny enough, he actually was a guy that he used to weigh, not while I was training him, but he used to weigh like 300 pounds and he, and he Jeez. cut all the way down. Like he was fighting Some at like, David Goggins he was shit. fighting at like 170 or something what, like that's that. That's crazy. Or like 180. Could yeah. you see the, like, I guess his body, did it like take damage from like transferring from like 300 all the way down there? Yeah. You can tell he had some areas yeah. so, like, yeah, I mean, you can tell that he's got, uh, he was, he was bigger at one point. But, um, but anyways, yeah, when we were, when I was there, like in the crowd, like my palms were sweating, like my fucking pits were sweating, <laughs> yeah. my, my ass cheeks were sweating. Like, dude, I was yeah. so nervous watching, like, it felt like, like I, I was like about to go fight somebody, yeah. but like I was just watching him fight and, uh, the whole thing, the game plan, that's also part of the thing that with the training is like, depending on who they're fighting or like what their strengths are, like we might be like put more emphasis on something more than other things. So for him, the guy that he was fighting was like fast, explosive, whatever. And Devin's more of like a grinder. So like he kind of would like, he can like absorb a lot of punches. And like he's, his thing, like the plan to victory was to kind of like let the guy kind of almost like punch himself out a little bit early on and then like grind out and like win the later rounds and like have his cardio be the thing mm. that gets him the win. And so pretty much to a T like that's what happened is early on the other guy like the guy was kind of landing some punches doing well and then Devin started to gain some momentum like in the middle rounds and then like towards the end like his cardio just like put him over the top of the other guy so like it was honestly like a an ideal scenario whether that's or not crazy. it was obviously not like him winning that fight is like I don't know 15% me maybe less I don't know maybe it's all more. Him. it's all him yeah, but, like, like, but like it's like it's like I was gonna ask you that yeah too. like that relationship like the, the strength conditioning coach and the athlete that's an important relationship like yeah he has to trust you you know and you have to trust him like yeah kind of like like I guess like maybe talk about the importance of that yeah like those guys for sure you have to gain their trust like especially early on like they didn't really know who I was right yeah. so um like being able to like get him to buy into what I'm doing is like something that's important with all athletes, not not just boxers. 
Um, but like if the athlete understands like why you're doing something and like what you're doing, um, like the intent is going to be more like the intent is going to be there for them as athletes, which is like, there's, you know, a lot of strength coaches that talk about that, but, um, yeah, like you want to understand, you want your athlete to understand like why you're doing what you're doing. At least that's the way that I like to do it. Like, instead of just saying like, oh, this is my way, like, and this is like, we're just, we're doing it. I like to explain to my athletes why we're doing stuff so that mm. they kind of feel like involved and understand like the methodology behind what we're doing. Yeah. And I find that produces like better results across, you know, whether it's a personal training client or if it's like a whole team, I find that those like, that's really important is to get your, <clears throat> your guys to know like why they're doing what they're doing. So they yeah. buy in and they trust. Having a relationship with your athletes, how big is that for you? Um, huge. Like, you know, um, again, it's like, it's the buy-in thing, right? Like if, if your athletes feel like they care about you, I feel like it's, you know, that relationship is stronger and the buy-in is better. And like, they're going to be more like focused in your training and like understand what's going on. So like I put a lot of emphasis on like athlete and, and coach relationship. And like, I try my best to go, whether it's like go watching fights or, um, watching hockey games or like doing whatever, or just like, you know, like if I see that they do something, they post it on Instagram. Like I reply and be like, yeah, like good job, like whatever. Yeah. Like I try to like stay like involved in that sense. And I think it is important like with your athletes to do that, uh, to create those relationships. Cause like with anybody that you train, it's like, yes, you can do like, like producing results is like arguably like, you know, the top most important thing. But at the same time, like, your athletes gotta like you, like if they're gonna yeah. train. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. or like your clients in general. Like if they're training with you like four times a week and they hit your guts, like gonna, they might yeah. just go somewhere else, even though 100%. they have good results. You know, and so like, you have to have like I guess that personality as well, like to be a like people's person and talk to them. You can't just be like a coach and not talk much. Yeah, like, like some people. Yeah, exactly. Like I mean, some some people don't care. Like maybe there's some athletes that are just like, okay, like, I don't care if this guy's a dick. Like whatever, he produces results. Yeah. But I do think there are some athletes that like it is important to like be like you know there for them in terms of like listening to their problems or just being like a friend in times where you can be a friend. You don't want to cross that line too much yeah. of like moving away from coach into just being their friend. Yeah, there is that line that you have to walk. Um, but yeah, like it's it's important for yeah. sure. Yeah, let's um like let's switch it up now to um someone you've trained McDavid or at least you've had experience with right. Yeah. I, I think people think that's like super sick. Explain that process. How how did that come about? Yeah, so um, I was just an intern, so I wasn't actually like fully training McDavid. We'll, we'll, we'll set that aside. Really, right? Okay, I was an intern, um, but uh, when I was coming off of a third year at Queens, um, there was a guy that came by. Um, his name was Lucas and so he gave us a presentation just kind of talking about what he did at this um, place down in Toronto which was called the Gary Roberts High Performance Training and so they are one of the programs that like trains like a lot of like NHL players um, and so obviously like that piqued my interest early like you know fairly quickly when I heard he was coming yeah um, to the point where I had all these like questions prepared to like try to like <laughs> yeah. get myself to stand out from the group, um, and uh, yeah, I was super interested to go down because they took two interns every year to do this. Um, like just two from Queens or two from all? Two from like all over, like like, yeah. the, like, I mean, like that program, like Gary yeah, like Robertson two, program, right? Two from like you know all of 
Canada, North America, like whoever wants to apply. Damn. Wow. So it was, they came through and did a presentation. And then afterwards they said, okay, like we have two interim positions. Like this is the first step to do like yada, yada. And, uh, so I immediately got working on it. I can't remember. There were so many steps. There was like four steps to the interview process. I think the first one was like, create like a workout program, like on a template and send it to them. And if that was good, then it was like, okay, uh, now send a video of you training somebody, uh, like training the program that you created and like talking out all the cues and like explaining the workout. Like you had to be like, you know, got very think. verbal. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And like, I was, you know, it was also like, we were like editing a video. Like I don't even know how to fucking do that. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like scrambling, like trying to make this video. Um, but uh, then there was that. I can't even remember. There was something else, and then the final one was like a like a in person like a Skype call like with the like the head strength coach that was like bringing us on. And uh, anyways, there was all these steps, and and Evan and uh, Colin like the head coaches at Queens at the time like helped me along with some of the stuff as well. Cool. And so I managed luckily to get through uh, to the last step, which was to go down uh, to Toronto and uh, like coach them in person. So coach the two head strength coaches. Oh wow, no way. Of the program tough. in person. It must so, have been stressful leading up to that. It was very stressful. So uh, there was me and another guy from Queens that went down together. And then there was, I think two other applicants. And uh, we drove down, I think it was like, I wanna say it was on a Saturday or something like that. And we had to drive down to Toronto from Kingston and luckily my roommate at the time had a car so he let me borrow it mm. and we left at like seven in the morning you know we got some coffees we got some timmies we we're driving down the road like we're not paying attention there's nobody on the road on the, on the highway on saturday morning at like yeah. seven so we're driving down we're just chit-chatting you know we were on, we're on a timeline because we have to get there i want to say for like maybe it was like noon or something like that is when we're supposed to go and uh on the way down all I see in my rear view is the is some, is some sirens. Oh. And I'm like, oh crap. And so I <laughs> so I, I look down at the speedometer. How fast and I'm like, were you? Oh going? shit, I'm going 140 right now. <laughs> and I didn't even realize yeah. my roommate's car doesn't have uh, cruise control. So I was just like we were talking, there's nobody on the road, like yeah, yeah, whatever. Just so flying. I'm like, fuck, okay. <laughs> so uh I get pulled over, yeah, on the way down to this uh thing. It was like you know, $400 ticket. You're going Jeez. 40 over the guy. So my roommate's car that I was driving was, uh, was like an old BMW. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's why they, and they see me you. wearing like the Queen's jacket. They're like, yeah, like we're not taking it easy on this. Grab, yeah, guy. Grab this guy. Yeah. Slap this Make guy him with the biggest example. ticket yeah, that exactly. we got. So I got that. I was like, fuck, okay, whatever. So we got back on the road and I was like, okay, I got to put that out of my mind. Like yeah. I got to like not be rattled going into this. Anyways, we got there. Um, we, you know, one at a time, like we're coaching them through this. Um, and yeah, I managed to do well enough that they, uh, they liked me. And I remember them calling me, I was like in the stairwell, like of the arc at Queens. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember them calling me and he's like, yeah, he's like, so, uh, just we're calling to like, say that like, you know, congratulations, like we accepted Jeez. you in. And yeah. I never remember like being so happy in my entire life. No, like, I can't imagine. Did that. you jump? Do you have a little, like, <laughs> jump? Yay. A little jump? Yeah. <laughs> no, but I remember like I was just like, what the fuck? Like as if I actually got this. Yeah. Like I just remember being so like elated and like excited. Um 
and like I was just laughing. I was like, no, <laughs> yeah, I was like, thank yeah. you so much. Like you won't regret this. Like you know, kind of the same stuff that I was saying to Colin when he yeah. let me go through to the program, and uh, yeah. So then a couple months went by. I went down, and um, it was a very challenging internship. They expected a lot out of us as interns, as they should, because you know we're training the the top end NHL, some of the top end NHL players in the world. So they obviously expected a lot from us. It was a grind. We wake up at like 6 a.m. every morning, like go and, um, you know, get some stuff set up. We had to do some kind of like some shitty duties. Yeah, yeah. But that came along with the job. Like, you know, you get to experience, like help train McDavid and stuff like that. But you also have to like, you know, clean up after you got to clean up after them yeah. and like make sure like the, their dressing room is set up well. And like there was all those kind of little duties and stuff we had to do. But uh, yeah, there was like a, I mean... I don't want to like name drop, but if yeah. like if, if you want me to, so we had like <laughs> there there was like McDavid, Shifley, Stamkos, um, there was the Tanev brothers, Matthew Kachuk, um, Mike Smith. Uh, I'm missing some names here. There was like Chris Tierney at the time. Bunch of heavies. Um, yeah, Phil Kessel came through. Jeez, no way. What the yeah. fuck? <laughs> he came through only for the last month because the, he just won the champ, he the Stanley Cup with yeah. the Penguins. So yeah. he was doing his Phil Kessel Living thing. So, so when you first, couple months. when you first have these athletes come in, you know what I mean? Like as a young guy, like are you like starstruck? Are you like okay, I'm ready for this? Are you like okay, what? Like like what yeah. are you thinking, bro? So so <laughs> before we even met any of them, the head strength coaches said to us they said like don't like don't be fanboys yeah you like, can't yeah like you can't do that which that was never my plan like you know i you don't want to be like that immediately kind of ruins the relationship if yeah. you go in and you're like oh my god i can't believe it's yeah, you like, oh my yeah. god you know what i mean like yeah, then they're yeah, immediately yeah, yeah, not yeah, gonna respect you anymore yeah. so it's like trying to hold some of it in um in terms of mcdavid i actually played against him like for a couple of years growing up because he was so good that he played two years up in the age group. Oh, so I actually oh. played against McDavid a little bit. So it was cool to meet him, but at the same time I was like, I've already played against you. I know, yeah, yeah. Kind of I knew you kind of thing. Yeah, so like that was, that was kind of like what that was. But uh, Steven Stamkos was the guy that I was like the most, because like when I was like maybe like 13 or whatever, like he was like the star in the NHL and yeah. like he was like, you know, Unreal on the World Junior Team, Team Canada. So like meeting him, I was like, okay, like yeah, sticking out my hand, like you know, it was kind, yeah. of, kind of shaking to like <laughs> to shake his hand. But uh, no, like it was good. And like after like the first like two three days, like then I was like, okay, like I'm settled in now. Like you know, all that kind of like starstruckness is kind of like passed over. And then I was like, okay, like let's just try to learn and do the best that I can at this program. And like we were like very fortunate, like. It was like, you know, the, the stuff that was offered to us there just as like interns, like we got, there was a personal chef that was there that cooked meals yeah. for everybody, um, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And like, we were included in that. So every morning, like Sick. we'd go, Damn. there'd be a chef there cooking for us. And like, it was crazy, man. Like it was a real experience of like living like a true, like top end, like pro athlete. Like obviously I didn't do any of the training, but like in terms of coaching and like working with them in that sense, like. It was uh, probably opened your eyes and made things feel yeah. like a reality. Like, okay, like I'm actually doing this. Right? Yeah, like it was like, okay, like I could actually like do, like make something of this. And like knowing that that was going to be on my resume was like very important. And like the biggest thing that I, that I got out of it was uh, 
um, just like the the confidence to like train anybody because it was like okay like I've already trained top athletes the top athletes yeah. so it's like going to see anybody else it was like okay well I've, I've done this before like obviously I still get like nervous and stuff to train new people all the time but like just knowing okay like I've already done that so it's like I had the confidence to like pretty much do anything afterwards that's kind of the, the biggest takeaway that I had from that. what's the difference in training like a high caliber athlete like that and then let's say the average Joe like program wise or even to how much effort you have to or even talking to them right like going back mm-hmm. to like that athlete uh, trainer mindset like, how much more do you have to invest in that? Honestly, like, they're more similar than, like, like to each other than you'd think. Mm-hmm. Like, because just because somebody is, like, doesn't have, like, elite level, like, athleticism doesn't mean that they don't train as hard in the gym as some other people. Like, obviously, on average, a pro athlete will work out harder and be more involved than your average Joe. But, like, I mean, the biggest difference is just, like, yeah the care that they put into their body. Cause it's like, they know that like their body is their job is their life. So it's like, they definitely put a little bit more intent into it. But like, I've got some personal training clients that like, you know, they just work a nine to five job, but like they come in, they grind, Lots they like, they yeah. like, they want to like hit PRs. Like they want to, you know, tailor their diet to like get better. So it's like, you'd be surprised at the difference between some clients and pro athletes however on average for sure the a pro athlete is going to be more dialed into everything yeah. and like want to you know uh get every advantage that he can over the opposition um but yeah like, like and even like working there and training with those guys like some of them are more into it than others though like like mcdavid obviously like he was like the ultra like focused like all the time like i've never trained a guy that's like more focused and like hard working than him like he's hmm. he was like literally taking like takes everything super seriously um you know rarely goofs around like he's he's in there like focused the entire time while he's training um and he was actually a really nice guy too he would uh, mcdavid would ask me like i was playing rugby down in toronto like and he would ask me about my uh you know how'd your game go on the weekend like yada yada and like That's some sick. of the athletes there like you're an intern. They don't care about you quite as much, which I don't blame them, you know, yeah, you're yeah. Not as important, <laughs> like whatever. But, uh, yeah, some of the guys there were like treat you differently than others, but, um, he was one of the good guys for sure in terms yeah. of that. Did but, you have any freaks? I really want to like any freaks who'd like, they just train amazingly, but have like the worst, like, I diet. guess like, yeah, diet <laughs> or even to just like showing up. They just like, they Joking show up. Around, on, yeah. They just show up to do whatever they want, but like they actually perform, you know what I mean? Those yeah. Freaks. So that's, you do get those people like training, like pro athletes. Yeah. There are some of those guys that are just like natural and have managed to get to where they're at, like right. on their, you know, their physique and like their natural abilities. Um, there's definitely guys like that. Um, there, um, you know, I don't want to like name. Yeah, you don't, have, no, you don't have to. Yeah, exactly. I just yeah. wanted to know, like, I guess. But like, like a guy, one guy, and I'll just say this name because everybody knows him and his, you know, um, his antics. But like Phil Kessel is a guy. Yeah, <laughs> like Phil Kessel is a guy that like he, uh, you know, clearly doesn't take you know nutrition and like some training stuff as seriously as others. And to his credit, he was a Stanley Cup champion that summer that I yeah. trained him. And he came off of, you know, he was 
doing his celebrating and partying as you would if you won the Stanley Cup. Yeah. And he came back in uh, with like a month left in the summer. So like most guys were there for like three months training, like, you know, depending on when their season finished or if they went to the playoffs. And he came in and I'm thinking like, first of all, I, I warmed him up. He like, that was one of my tasks one day was to warm up Phil. And it was the most lackluster warm up. <laughs> well, he didn't even want life. to be there. He was, he was chit chatting with McDavid the whole time. <laughs> McDavid, McDavid was dialed into his workout and Phil was kind of just talking. But uh, to his credit though, he went in and he threw like 500 pounds on the bar and what? deadlifted it like five times what? after not That's training. Like, crazy, bro. Dude, it was like this guy came in. I was like, okay, this is why this guy hurt, is that right? good. Yeah. Well, yeah, but this is why this guy is that good. No, he didn't get hurt. No, oh. no, dude. He came in and he threw it on the trap bar. He threw like, like 400, 500 pounds Damn. and he just repped it out. And I was like, wow, okay. Yeah. I was like, that's why this yeah, guy is an yeah. elite NHL player because he can not be training and literally walk in and just do that. Yeah, that's no, that's, that's wild, bro. That's sick. I'll so, just say that intern, um, how did that open the door for you for other things? Yeah, so while I was there, um, my old strength coach uh, that was training me while I was like playing AAA hockey growing up, he saw that like I got posted on like the Gary Roberts like Instagram or whatever. And uh, he reached out to me and said, oh, like, are you like a strength coach now? And I was like, oh, well, like, yeah, like I was like, I'm an intern there. And I was like, also at Queens. And so he said, okay, well, he's like, I have my own gym now back in Ottawa, um, obviously, which is where I'm from. And uh, so he said, if you want to, if you want a job, like, let, like reach out to me, like whenever you're back home. So I was like, all right, cool. So I, I shelved that. I uh, went back to my fourth year uh, at Queens. Um, I reached back out to Gary Roberts to see what was going on there and if they wanted to like take me on as a coach or whatnot. Um, but they didn't have any like open positions. Like all of, like the like main strength coaches were already there. Yeah. And they're like the only thing like you come back on as an intern. But I was like okay like I kind of want to like move on to like better things. Yeah. In terms of. So like, were you getting paid as an intern, sir? I was, yeah. Okay. We were getting paid like minimum wage or whatever. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it was like, but that wasn't about the money there. It was like, yeah. that was just like a little bonus. The experience. It was about the experience. Too, yeah. Like I would have done it for free. Like, you know what I mean? Like just that experience on your resume is like so huge. And even to the networking, I think was yeah, probably wild, e right? Exactly, right? So I mean, case in point, like my, the guy, my current boss or the owner of the gym reached out to me and, uh, um, asked me because of that. So anyways, I reached back out to Gary Roberts and they said that they didn't have any open positions because they still had all their main strength coaches. So it was just like another intern position. So I decided, okay, well, I have this opportunity to go coach back in Ottawa and like go back to my hometown and like work there at a gym with like a guy that I, I know from before and I know that he's a good guy. Uh, so I went back to Ottawa and they brought me on just for the summer and I uh, helped like train the off-season hockey program obviously using all the knowledge and stuff that I got from there and uh, they liked me well enough that uh, I went back and did one more semester at school yeah I kind of did like a half year and fifth year and uh, they said okay well when you come back from your last semester like why don't you come back on full-time like you did like you know we loved you over the summer like you did super well like we thought like you meshed well with us so after my one semester I came back the first day that I walked back in was when that uh, boxer walked in. Oh, yeah. yeah. I literally came in my first day back as like the full-time coach. 
Here, uh, this is what you get. And I walked in, and there was this guy in the lot. Or I was going to meet Nick, who's like the owner, and just talk about like what I was going to be doing. And he was sitting there with this other guy who kind of had like you know a bunch of kind of like fancy clothes on. He had like Gucci yeah. like yeah. jacket, <laughs> like you know some nice like basketball shoes, yeah. like expensive outfit. And then there was like this kind of guy with like a shaved head and tattoos, and like. It's a it? weird combination. Of people are like, who's in our lobby right now? I went in, and so Nick goes, "Oh, hey, like um, this guy could actually take on you as a client. He's just starting back up." And yeah. so I'm like, "Oh, hey, like what's up? Like I'm Mason," and it was the boxing. It was the manager slash coach of all the boxers. That was the guy that was wearing like the nice. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so he said, uh, "Hey, like we just fired our old strength coach. Uh, looking for a new one. He's like, I looked you guys up on Google. You were close to us. <laughs> that's how he yeah, <laughs> found out. He's, he's like, looked you guys up on Google. You're close <laughs> and you got good reviews. So he's like, uh, we're just kind of like, you know, shopping around to see like if we can find a good strength coach. So I just chatted with him for a bit and he said, Hey, like this is my guy, Devin. He's one of my like, you know, newer like pros. He's like, if you do a good job with him, I got a bunch of other boxers that you can train. Uh, and like, you know, some higher level like athletes and higher level pro guys that you can take on if you do a good job with Devin. And then I took him on and like I said, like he, he managed to win that fight. So I absorbed pretty much all of the pro clients off That's of that, uh, off of him and trained them for like two years. I still am kind of training them, but throughout COVID, he got frustrated with like all the lockdowns and yeah, stuff. Yeah, of course. Because he was just losing money, like yeah. at the gym, and no like fights, you, there's no, no yeah, fights. Yeah, take us through that time, bro. Like, like COVID in, in the business, because like it didn't make any sense that they were shutting down gyms. Yeah. But like, take yeah, us through that. Too, like, yeah, especially as a I team. mean, we don't have to get it down to the rabbit hole. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But, but like topical, Hit for us with sure. Topical but just like obviously very frustrating that like gyms weren't seen as an essential like business, especially with like you know people's like physical and mental health. It's like yeah. These are such important things, and like closing down the gyms was just like almost a slap in the face yeah, to like yeah. everybody that was a, a strength coach and a trainer, um, or a gym owner. Um, but yeah, it was a grind, man. It yeah. was a grind, like for the, like the, those years, at least, at least while we were closed down. When we were open back up, we were actually doing fine. Like people were like hungry for the gym coming yeah. through. But the months that it was closed, it was like you know you're getting your serb, which is like. At the time, like I had just bought that house. So yeah, like I had a lot of payments and stuff to hit. So like I felt like I was just trying to keep my head above water in terms of like money and financial stuff. But um, it was like doing like virtual workouts. Oh, like, tough. like you got like the camera set up and you're like, you know, you're doing the work. It's all right. <laughs> like 30 seconds of high knees. Like yeah, yeah. kind of felt like you were like a 90s like. Do you know one of those DVDs where they put it like yeah. the 90s like trainers and the tight outfits? That's kind of what it felt like. And I was like, okay, this is not what I signed yeah. up for. Like, the hell is this? Right? You almost tried to do a new job. Like, after seeing it all, and you're like, fuck it, I don't want to do this no more. Like, no, I'm... man, I honestly never thought that. Really? I, I was cool. grinding, cool. I was grinding it out. Like, I was like, you know, behind closed doors doing personal training out of my basement with like some clients. Bad man. And, uh, lock him up. Yeah, breaking the rules. Right? <laughs> yeah. Fucking lock, lock me up, dude. Um, but was doing that. Uh, and then like I was selling people programs. So like, say you were like at home and you had like, you know, you had a set of dumbbells and you had a exercise band and you had a, a med ball. Like those are your three pieces of equipment. Yeah. So I'd be like, all right, I'll make you a program that like works around the equipment that you have at your house. That's dope. 
And like, that was how, like I was getting through that is selling programs to people to do at home. Cause nobody had anything to do. So yeah. it was like, um, they're at home, you know, they're after the first like month or two, they're like, okay, like I just feel like myself getting fat. Like the kind of early on cool part of the pandemic of just being able to stay home and play video games, watch TV is like yeah. <laughs> kind of starting to like wear off a little bit. So yeah, I was just trying to stay, keep my head above water by like selling programs to people to train at home and like the virtual stuff uh, was not actually to make any money personally. That was to keep our members happy and keep the gym like the doors open because like some people were nice enough to continue paying their memberships to like yeah. help us out. Like luckily it's a small business, like you're not in one of those big box gyms, like people know us personally. So they didn't want the gym to close down and like, yeah. We had some, some, you know, clients that we were fortunate enough to like that would, they would, uh, continue paying their memberships. So to like, That's to give awesome. them a service, we would do like online workouts. Um, it would be like a 30 minute long, like I'm doing the workout with you while you're doing it. So we're doing it together and I'm like counting out the reps and yeah. stuff. So that was a different experience, but it was worth it in the end because like the gym doors stayed open and then we almost gained more people throughout the pandemic because we gained, like we were doing all that stuff to like, st like stay relevant and yeah. like we were posting all the time. So, uh, when we did reopen, like we actually had a huge like influx of business, which was, which was great for us. And can people still come up to you? Like for example, to get a workout from you, like, like do you, do you have, do you sell workouts? Yeah. Still, or? So like, yeah. So like if there's one thing that I've learned to like be successful, like in the world of strength and conditioning, is to like not like pigeonhole yourself into like one area. Like when I was first training, I was like, okay, like I only want to train athletes. Yeah. Like that's what I did when I was at Queens. Like that's what I did with Gary Roberts. Like that's going to be my thing. But I learned like early on, like as a young strength coach, like you kind of have to take like whatever's given to you. So it's like, you know, if you get a 60 year old mom that, you know, had just had like a knee surgery or something like that, like, yeah, that's outside of your usual realm of stuff that you've been training, but like you got to take that on because mm. the money pays the same as any other client. So yeah. it's like, you know, like if you want to like be successful and make money, you got to like, get your hands in like all the other pots. Yeah. So like you were saying, I do like, yeah, like I, like if anybody came up to me, if like, if Coco comes up to me and he's yeah. like, Oh, I want to get like, I want a program. Then I'm like, yep. I would, uh, we'd set up like a FaceTime or a chat. Mm. I'd, we'd talk about your goals. Um, we talked about where you're training. So like, um, you'd be like, okay, I'm working at a good life. I got a good life membership. Um, I'll be like, okay, like how many days a week do you want to train? Uh, you know, two, three, whatever. What are your goals? Okay. Well, you want to get bigger upper body? Like yeah, he needs it all in court. Yeah. Like <laughs> we, uh, no, no, he's looking good over there. He's <laughs> looking what? good, dude. Wait, wait, maybe I'll, I'll start working on Mason and watch. I'll leave, you, I'll leave you behind in the dust. Uh, no, but like I, uh, I'm so like when I sell the programs online, like I know some people that just have like the kind of like uh, the uh, general programs towards anybody that they kind of send off. Like I like to do it a little bit more like per individualized individual. and personalized program, um, which takes me a little bit more time and will cost a little bit more money than somebody just buying like a twenty dollar shitty program, yeah. you know, online. But all the people that I've done it with like have gotten results. So I know that it works, yeah. but yeah, like anybody that wants to buy a program off of me can buy one. And like, like I'm not partial. I want my general pop clients to do as well and like hit their goals just as much as I want my athletes to like, you know, hit their goals and make their team or do whatever. Like yeah. I, I approach them all the same. Are there apps that you're using to like 
we, one facilitate your athletes and then two like provide these programs for them we do so we at the at the gym we we have one that we use like as a gym it's called conduct and we have like uh it's an app that like you know you can buy a program i input it on the back end and then there's like the videos so like say you have your exercises um you know there's like you know your back squat or something like that you'll click on it and like it'll show you like the cues so it'll be like okay like you know, stay tight through your core, brace, like pull your shoulders back, like don't fold in half, like stay upright. Like it has like, it has your cues and stuff to do. So people that are new with training, we kind of like push them towards that because it's like, okay, like I'm not going to be there to coach you to make sure you're doing it safely. Like you should probably have some videos. Um, if it's someone that's a little bit more experienced or that has like trained before, then, cause that's a little bit more of an expensive option. Cause you have to pay to be like, you know, like a user on the app, like a member. Okay. Yeah, so it's a little more expensive. So if you go off where you just go like a paper program, so it's just like I just make it on a PDF or like on Excel and I just like send it off to you. And then like I'm pretty accessible because I don't have like millions of clients like some of the coaches. Not yet. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they'll be like, you know, okay, like I'll be like, I know that you don't know this exercise. So I'll send a video of me doing it and explaining it. But for like the very generic exercises, like push-ups, like I'm not gonna send like a video explaining yeah, yeah. push-ups, like you know how to do push-ups. How um how important has technology been with uh, strength and conditioning? It's been good. Like uh, like in terms of in terms of uh, training itself, or in terms of like the the economic. Like in terms side. of training itself. Like. Okay. Yeah. So we, um, so when I started at Capital, I had just come off uh, using um, at Queens. We had this. Um, piece of equipment called gym aware that like uh, tracks the velocity of your lifts mm -hmm. so um, that was a whole new so way if to I'm laying train. down doing a bench press you track how fast it's coming off yeah so like, like how many meters per second it's getting moved yeah. and so like we train people like frequently within a range um, so it's like yeah, so the one that at Queens would have like a little strap that was hooked onto a block and it would just like how fast the cord was getting pulled would measure like the speed. But the ones that we use at Capital are hooked up via Bluetooth. Mm -hmm. And so like they have like an algorithm, you know, that's way above my head that measures how fast like the, the band is being moved on the bar or on your body. Um, and when we're doing, for example, like I wouldn't use that training like your everyday person. Like they don't need to track the velocity of their lifts. Like yeah. it's not important. Would that be for like a football player with like, you know, like burst where they want to yeah, like be? For, yeah, for sure. So when we're doing like, um, when we're doing like explosive training or like power, like, you know, power training, um, we incorporate it then. And we actually do incorporate it as well sometimes with our strength work. But it's important for a couple reasons. A, it like gives you like, a viable like range like to be like okay um i don't have to argue with my athletes say we're doing like speed like a speed day and i'm training like 16 year old boys they just want to lift heavy like that's all they want to do you know it's yeah. you know, 16 year old boys yeah. ego like they're just trying to get huge get like lift heavier but i'll be like look like we're trying to do speed squats today and you have to hit a range of 0.8 meters per second to one meter per second like you're down here at 0.45 like you're way too slow so it takes a it takes out that like that guessing of like, is it moving fast enough? Are we training the right, you know, things that we want to train? So it takes that out of the question because you literally have it measured. Uh, and then on the other side of things, it like pushes athletes to have more intent. Cause it's like every rep, like if you do, say you're doing like a, like a squat and you just kind of come down, you come up slowly. 
versus if you came down and exploded up from the bottom, like that intent on the rep is gonna produce more results than if you were just going through the motions throughout a rep. So like every rep isn't the same. If you have more intent on one rep than another one, it can produce more results. So if you have, if you're measuring, say you have the, the push band on the bar, it's hooked up to an iPod and it has like the speed. So every rep that you do, it pops up the speed in front of your eyes. So if you have a shitty rep, you look up and you go like, dang, that was slow. Like I gotta step it up. So it's like, say you're training a team of 20 athletes, you can't be over everybody's shoulder the whole time telling them to go faster, go harder. Yeah. It has an automatic feedback right away to kind of push these guys to go uh, like a little bit harder. And uh, like in some studies, like they've done studies on it, like people will do the same program, same like strength conditioning program with no velocity monitors. And they'll have the other people doing the same program, like same rep, same everything, same weights. Um, with the velocity monitors and because they have that extra intent of pushing harder on each rep, they produce more results in like power, speed and, and strength. Yeah. So it's like those advances in technology have for sure like made an impact in training. Um, the numbers don't lie. Yeah. The numbers don't lie. There's studies on it. And like, that's the thing about strength and conditioning is like, you have to stay on top of these like new methods because it's only like, it's as a science, it's only been around for like, I don't even know, like 20 years maybe. Like, yeah. How much research are you doing then, right? Like how much on top of it do you have to be to actually be like a great coach, right? Yeah, you have to stay with it. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not like looking, I'm not like studying yeah. like stuff every single day. Like, yeah. but like if you hear about new concepts, like then it's like, okay, like I'm going to look into this. Like I'm not like always like researching and doing stuff all the time. But if say, for example, when I first came over to Capital, that was just like starting. So I came over from like at Queens, we had like one of the tester schools, like we were just testing it. So when I went over to Capital, I said, Hey, like we should get something like this. Like it was really effective. And me and Nick like looked into it together and like we researched the best way to approach it and like how to implement it into the training. Um, and that's kind of like what you do. So it's like, if you hear about a new method, then like, it's like, okay, like let's do our due diligence on this. Like you don't want to just see something on Instagram and be like, okay, like that must be real. Like, obviously you gotta yeah. like, you gotta look into it, right? And research it and see if there's studies done on it. And then at that point you test it out. Usually we test it out on ourselves first. Okay, like how does this feel? Do we like this? Is this gonna work in a group setting? Um, and then we implement it after that kind of thing. Um, I was gonna say, how important has physical activity um, been for you personally? Like for your mental health and your physical health um, and your overall like well-being. Like I know we had Bob Ross shove down our throat. Like exercise is so important. Everyone at Queens will know what I'm talking about. But like yeah. how important has it been for you, bro? Um, super important, man. Like, you know, like you said, like, yeah, physical and mental health, like those go hand in hand in my opinion. Um, and like if I don't work out, I'm sure you do. You've been you've been grinding away doing like my what, challenge. The, the challenge like every day, right? With yeah. like twenty minutes every day yeah. or something like that. Some some sort of physical activity. Yeah, some yeah. sort of physical activity. Like and you haven't missed a day, right? No, not yet. So like I mean imagine what you would feel like if you stopped working out for a week. Like yeah. what do you think you'd feel it's just like? Weird man. Like, you feel like it's... weird, like you feel like bad garbage. Exactly yeah. probably, right? You feel crappy about yourself. Yeah. Like it's like a physical or it's like a mental outlet, right? So it's like if you you have a bad day, like something doesn't go well. Okay. Well, I can go put some angry music on in my ears and go like lift some weights. Like, yeah. and that's like a good way to get the stress out of life. And, um, yeah, and it gives me something to like work towards too. Like I'm still playing rugby right now, like Are in you? the summers. That's yeah. Sick, bro. Yeah. And part of the reason why is like, I still have the competitive itch to like play and do stuff. 
but at the same time like it gives me like a goal to train towards because even as a strength coach like we're not always like grinding in the gym like i you know what i mean like you're in a gym 24 7 you know you're training people all day you have one hour a break in between some of your clients and you're like yeah. sometimes like not all the time but sometimes you're like do i really want to work out right now probably not right you know what i mean yeah, like yeah, you're yeah. like and like you have to like gain them like motivation okay like i'll just go i'll start i'll start moving stuff and maybe i'll get the motivation yeah. to, <laughs> to, to work out but like yeah like having the sport there on the side gives me something to train towards and still like kind of like push myself so i like that but yeah like yeah, without physical activity like you just feel yeah. crappy right do you like, think you're more uh, credible especially to like your clients that like you keep yourself in physical shape you're playing a sport you know yeah. what i mean like they kind of can reflect whatever you put on them is the same thing you interpret in your own life and you're getting results obviously yeah i do think that's important like me personally to like have your athletes or your clients like see that you are doing that on yourself like you know if you walked in to see a strength coach like that was out of shape like yeah, yeah you might question their methods a little bit, right? Or like... I remember I you, saw... Sorry to interrupt you, but like a, <laughs> a coach at um, Good Life in London, Ontario, outside with a cigarette smoking, bro, a personal trainer. And it was just like... It was just like... Like, continue. No, yeah. yeah. Cool. Like, no. You know, and what did you think when you saw I that? I was just like, bro, like, what's this guy doing? Would like, you, you want to be coached like, by like, that? And, he, and he was there advocating like, like the health and this and like, he's like a little chubby smoking outside. It's just, it didn't make sense. Yeah. You know I mean? And it's like one thing to like, you know... Like, you don't have to be a hardo 24-7. Like, yeah. you can't ever have a sip of alcohol. Like, you have to eat everything clean all the time. Like, that's also not a realistic lifestyle. Like, you have to, like, let yourself have fun sometimes. But, like, yeah, it's definitely important, I think, to, like, practice what you preach, preach. right? Like, yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a saying for a reason. Yeah. Um, and I do think that a lot of clients, like, appreciate that. Like, I know if I had... I know if you had like a financial advisor that was like going broke, like yeah, why would I listen to you? Like, you like, why am I gonna take advice from you? Like, so yeah, I don't know. No, that's awesome, man. Yeah, Yeah. no, it's sick. And I was gonna say, um, I guess kind of just like to wrap it up here. Do you have anything else you would like to say to like the people who are listening to us, or any piece of advice for someone who maybe wants to follow what you're doing? Like uh, a young guy out there wants to be a strength and conditioning coach. Yeah, so I think probably what I touched on earlier is like. Um, don't like, don't put yourself into like a niche area, like too early, like allow yourself to like, you know, test the waters everywhere. Like you might find yourself down an avenue that you didn't expect and you might like it. And like I said earlier on, if you're trying to only do one thing, like it's going to be tough for you to like get where you want to be financially. So just like, even if it makes you uncomfortable, like take on all the opportunities that arise, whether it's like. You know, say you want to only train athletes, but then you're maybe you're training kids. Like, just like, t- like take that all in, and like you'll take you get your learning experiences from trying all these different things, and together collectively, all those things will get you where you want to be financially. And at the same time, like if you make it, you know, later down the road when you're more established and you want to then go down a niche path, that's probably the better way to do it as opposed to trying to like only do your one thing and pigeonhole yourself early on. Yeah. Cool. Kind of you know, David, say. do you have any any uh, questions yeah, here? Yeah. Big Dave, jump in. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know David sure. gets into it too. You got a good one? <laughs> Just make sure Brandon, the audio is good on that you one. You guys Perfect. know this is Dave. Um, so, yeah, basically, I could probably sit here and pick your brain for another hour. But, <laughs> um, 
we'll narrow it down to a couple here. So three questions. Uh, one would be, so being a strength and conditioning coach, um, what's the biggest lift you've seen? Like biggest deadlift, bench, Biggest squat. lift. Um, oh, wow. Okay. Um, well, we don't have like any crazy like power lifters because most of the people that we train are like hockey players or like volleyball players. We actually have a lot of volleyball players at the gym. Yeah. Um, I've seen, uh, I don't even know, man. I got to think back. <laughs> I, honestly, some of the heaviest lifts would probably be like at Queens. Really? Really? Watching, yeah. Like watching some of like the football players lift, man. Like the mm -hmm. football players are always the yeah. strongest guys. Like, I think there's a saying, it's like you're a part-time football player, part-time power lifter yeah. or something like that. Cause yeah. like you're the emphasis on like the, the weight room is like so big there. Um, I don't know. We got a record wall at our gym. I think our squat is like for our athletes is like somewhere around like 400 and like, you know, 30 or 440 pound, like back squat. I'm pretty sure for three mm -hmm. reps. Um, that's huge. That's huge. We got like a bench press at our gym that's like around I think two. You know, I don't want to say it's like two eighty five maybe for maybe more than that. Maybe closer. It's, it's got to be more for, than that. For yeah. three hundred yeah, yeah, pounds yeah. for three. That's what I'm saying, that, man. <laughs> you guys do reps though, right? It's, it's like, for three right? reps. Yeah. For three reps. We don't do one rep maxes because the chance of injury is like really high. Mm -hmm. We're doing one rep max, so we kind of stay away from that. Have you? I want to ask that. Have you seen an injury like in your like workplace? Um, luckily nothing extremely serious. Mm -hmm. Only the only weird injuries that we've seen honestly is like, like, like a barbell, like somehow like falling off and like hitting somebody's head and they kind oh, of like, oh, like okay. concussed. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But like your job as a strength coach is like, if there's a, if there's like an injury that happens in the gym, it's, it's like, you. yeah, <laughs> okay. you, you probably weren't doing so. Obviously things happen. Like if you're training 20 people at once, you yeah. can't have eyes all over the place, mm -hmm. but like you should be aware. I know that's a, that's a hard question. Yeah. We mm -hmm. don't, uh, we don't have any like crazy heavy lifters at the gym. Like. We definitely have some people that have deadlifted like, you know, around 500 pounds or whatnot. Mm -hmm. But like, yeah, there's, we don't have any like crazy lifters um, at Capital at least anyways. Yeah, but. Um, so then the next one is um, with the experience, especially at the Gary Roberts program there, did you ever have an athlete just be like, fuck off, I'm not going to deal with you. Like, give me one of the, guy, the actual guys. Like, I'm not dealing with an intern. Um, no, we didn't actually have that there. Um, but uh, I'm sure that it's happened before with some coaches, but luckily nobody was like that. I mean, maybe there's some people that they just wouldn't come to me for help and they would just go to somebody else. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, like when we were there, like Stamkos, he's been there for the longest. Like, he, like that was like Gary Roberts' like first client. So like he would never like come to us, but it wasn't because he was being like a dick or anything. It was just because he had already established trust mm -hmm. with another strength coach. But no, I didn't have any of those guys like outright like be like an asshole to me. Or yeah, like, like no, not no belittling in the environment. Like they were all very open to like yeah. dealing with professionals. They were, they were, and like you know what I mean. Like I like to think a little bit maybe it was just because of the way I approached some stuff. But no, those guys were all like they were they were good guys. Like nobody like belittled us. None of the athletes belittled us mm -hmm. while we were there. Cool. And then last one is uh, we're doubling down on Phil the Thrill again there. <laughs> um, so chef in house, everything like was he actually eating meal plans with you guys or like is his diet that bad? Like so, you with a hot dog or anything? So that, yeah. So that summer was actually the summer of um, the hot dog and the Stanley Cup. You guys that one? So oh, yeah. that, that was that summer. And uh, Gary is a guy that really preaches... Um, like health and like 
total wellness of the body. So it's fair to say that like when he came back, like Gary was a little bit pissed off about what he had seen <laughs> because you know everyone that's there. There's like me, sometimes people are like media and people are taking pictures and stuff like that. Yeah. And he definitely had a few choice words with Phil about <laughs> his eating habits uh, in the off season, but he was uh, a yeah. he was a little pissed off about that. <laughs> that's, nice. that's perfect. So yeah, we could uh, yeah, wrap well, it up there. I guess you can wrap it up there. And thank you guys for watching the full episode. If you guys made it this far, and make sure you like, comment, and subscribe, and give Mason a follow. Uh, we'll have his all his Instagram, all his information. And if you want a gym program, you know the guy to go to, right? Come to Ottawa. He's got you. Yeah, yeah, I got you. <laughs> all right, peace, all right, guys. Peace, Take guys. Care.